This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome in. It's another Panther Rants podcast with Lot Harris as your host. It's Thursday. Which means we got one more day till the end of the weekend. And there's a lot of um, stuff out there. Well, first of all, part of the uh, pit coaching search has been put to bed. As well, for one thing, Danny Hurley is going to take the job at UConn. You know, he's going to pay over $3 million a year annually. Pitt obviously missed out on Hurley. And the thing about it is, once UConn fired Kevin Ollie, because they knew Danny Hurley was going to be a hot commodity, they did what they could to get rid of Ollie. You know, all I could, you know, all I could, you know, state the fact that he. Took UConn on national title, but and you know they were in the NCAA tournament a year the next year, but things started going downhill, and yeah, they fired him and they, they wanted to get the next. They knew that how much of a hot commodity Hurley was going to be, so Pitt pretty much had an uphill battle once UConn fired him. And that's just that. I mean, who knows? If Pitt hires Hurley, who knows how long he even stays at Pitt. He probably gives the same spiel that he gives Rhode Island where he wants more money and plus them to make a commitment to their um, to the program. And they did. They offered him a seven-year deal, I think, over $2 because, $2 you know, their, their budget ain't that big. But they're going to put more in the, in the basketball program. But he, But ultimately, he left anyway. But you wonder if, um, well, if anything with Hurley, you wonder if he did that to, to Rhode Island to, to, to um, I guess to say, I'm leaving anyway, but I want, to, I want you guys to do something for this program for the next guy that comes on board. Could be. He could have just left that as a conversation piece. So... Pitt did all they could. They threw a big they threw big money at him. I mean they probably threw the kitchen sink at this guy and in the end he just wasn't coming here. So they tried. He just it's not gonna happen. So on the other side of the coin we have Sean Miller. Miller supposedly was interested in the job and you know, I heard from several people that the job was his. The boosters wanted him, but the but the biggest uh, <laughs> obstacle was going to be Heather Like and possibly the, the rest of the admin. And 
if you read, read if you connect the, connect the dots, you can see that, um, obviously, like an M1 out on this, which probably is going to make a lot, you know, people probably aren't going to be happy about this. I can, of course, you're not ready because according to some people, that the, the head coaching search is a, is a disaster anyway. I don't like to have Sean Miller pit, but there's too much red tape. There's just too much going on there, and hiring him just right now is not a good idea. And of course, there was other talks that supposedly he got pissed off that, you know, I guess Heather was still trying for Hurley. Well, tough, tough, tough shit, Sean. God forbid we're not you're not you're not the number one number one choice. It's not like we were. To, it's not like Pitt was the number one choice for you. I mean, you went to school there, but still, it's not like Sean Miller didn't have opportunities to come back to Pitt. I mean, he had one. Two, he had an opportunity to come back two years ago. He didn't want it. He was not even at all remotely interested in it. He was happy where he was at. But then when he throw in an FBI investigation, a whole bunch of other stuff, well, coming to Pitt makes it more lucrative. I mean, look at, look at Jamie Dixon for one thing. TCU became pretty plain to him when stuff started to go, go downhill with Pitt. Although a lot of people, you know, some people have told me that in the case of Jamie, the boosters really started to turn on Jamie after the 2011 season, which was the you know the year they got... Uh, knocked up by Butler in an infamous, you know, game where it's tied. Gil Brown's perfect free throw. It looked perfect. Rims out, and then Pitt fouls the guy and sends him to the line. So, and you know, what for one person told me about it, you know when he would when he would hold these alumni gatherings. And yeah, Jamie would would would, would attend. Sometimes even the football coaches attended. And he said about twenty fourteen when he saw when he saw Jamie, it was like Jamie was tuned out. He was just just there. So I don't think Jamie just woke up in twenty sixteen one day and said, "Hey, you know what? I'm going to TCU." He is his his foot was already out the door long before that. He was just looking for the right place to go. So going back to Zola Modern was lucrative at the time because they were doing some upgrades to basketball, and Del Conte was there, and he you know, he already had a, he already had a relationship with Del Conte at TCU because he got TCU into the Big East, so he already had relationships with the with light department. You know, he still stayed in touch with the with the university. But Pitt's back to the drawing board, and there's other candidates out there. I mean, they're not going to be the sexy ones that people like, but it is what it is. Obviously, there's NATO in Buffalo. There's Musselman at Nevada. There were there were some there were some decent candidates two years ago, but of course, Scott Barnes did a Scott Barnes thing and hired someone no, that nobody was going to want. 
pretty much leaves Jamie go without a buyout and And of course, we give Scott Bourne a ten million buyout, which he'll get. So all I got to say about the pick coaching searches, it just is what it is. Just sit back, enjoy it, try to like the hire because this is all we're getting at this point. I mean, we weren't happy with the, the last hire, and we couldn't wait to get him out the door. So. This person's going to be here a while. He's going to be here probably more than two years. So, unless, you know, he does something ridiculous. So, my my only um, suggestion is just to enjoy it as much as you can. Hope for the best. You know, Pitt has the money they're willing to put up for this uh, hire. So, Pitt's serious. And, they ha- and, you know, in case of the ECC, they got to get really serious. But um, if they if they were to be at the level like at the ACC, they were in the Big East. They're gonna have to put put up a lot of money this time because a lot of these schools have money. Whereas you have the Catholic schools in the Big East, and a lot of them don't have the budgets the Pitt had. So that's what made playing the Big East so great. Not that you had the recruiting territory, but you had a bunch of Catholic schools to beat up on. Oh, except for Villanova, probably, you know, Villanova for the most part. All right, moving on. I really need to, I really need to talk about Pitt, Pitt Spring football, but from what a lot of people have told me, this team looks really good right now. You know, and they have a, they have a, you know, a chance to win eight or nine games this year, so... That's always encouraging, but I think we'll, you know, like spring football, it sets the tone for summer, for what, when summer camp starts, so we'll see what the spring game has for us, but I guess let's talk about the NCAA tournament now, it starts tonight, it resumes, sweet 16, baby. And there's a bunch of games. I mean, you know, in the South Bracket, we got Kansas State, Kentucky. You know, Kansas State, they eked by UMBC. And they got Kentucky, who, you know, beat Davidson. Davidson wasn't a bad team. They pasted Buffalo pretty bad. So, the game itself, I like Kentucky. Both both these teams are just are inconsistent. So, it just depends on which team shows up for for either one. But you obviously, you're, if you're betting, you go Kentucky because they got more, they got better players. It just depends on how you know <laughs> what their mindset is. So, I like Kentucky in that one. And then in the other one, in the other game, you got Loyola, Chicago, and Nevada. Loyola, Chicago has had one hell of a run, but I think Nevada puts an end to it. Although, the reason I say is Nevada's wins. I mean, they beat Texas and they beat Nevada, they beat Cincinnati. I mean, they were sloppy in both games. 
But, of course, at the same time, they're Texas and Cincinnati. I mean, Cincinnati, they were down big and they came back. So, I think this time around, they're going to coast through this game. The first half probably is going to be close, but I think the, the second half they coast. So, you got Nevada versus Kentucky in the Elite Eight. And who wins that region is hard to say. I actually really like Nevada to win the region over Kentucky. They just, they just might. So you got that. In the West bracket, you got Florida State and Gonzaga. Florida State pulled up a big win against Xavier, but I'm not sure how really good Xavier was. I mean, it's the Big East. To me, the Big East is Villanova and whoever else, until I'm convinced otherwise. You know, Gonzaga, you know, they struggled against USC Greensboro, but won. They knocked off Ohio State. Part of me wants to go Florida State, but it just depends on which team shows up. Again, same thing. Sometimes Florida State plays out of their minds, sometimes they don't. So I kind of like Gonzaga do their experience, you know, their experience. Of course, you got um, Michigan and Texas A&M. Michigan barely beat Houston. Houston isn't bad. It just, you know, they're not great either. Texas A&M, you know, they uh, won a close game against Providence in the first round, and then they uh, paced to North Carolina. I mean, Texas A&M was playing on their minds, and so it doesn't matter, you know, how big this opponent is. They're not phased. So... I like Texas A&M in this one, so I got Gonzaga and Texas A&M in the lead eight. And I think we may have a final four of Texas A&M and Nevada. Weird, huh? How, it's weird how this stuff plays out. I mean, I'm just saying hypothetical. I could be wrong about this. I mean, look at John Rothstein. He's already revised his final four already because his is so jacked up. He was so off on his. East region, you got Villanova and West Virginia. West Virginia always plays out of their mind in a tournament. Last year, obviously, was different. They brain farted. But I think Villanova pulls this one off. They're just a lot more loaded. I think West Virginia will give them fits, but I think Villanova's talent will overdo them. But, uh, you know, West Virginia's a great defensive team. So, that's one thing to look out for. You know, they could pull the upset off, but they got to play re- really good defense. Texas Tech and Purdue. I was surprised that Purdue even is in the Sweet 16, but I guess they're living up to their two seed. But I have, um, I have Tech winning this one. I don't know. Purdue just doesn't con- – I'm just not convinced about it with Purdue. So, I mean, with Villanova and Tech, obviously I'm going with Villanova for the Final Four. Kansas and Clemson. Clemson's had a heck of a run. I mean, they beat New Mexico State. A lot of people thought that was going to be the 12-5 upset. 
but Clemson proved them wrong, and they destroyed Auburn in the second round. They knocked them off by 31 points. Kansas, on the other hand, they, they played a good Ivy League team in Penn. They beat Seton Hall. That was a close game throughout, but Kansas led most of that game. And they had a few th- they were threatened a little bit, but not too much. But they're going against Clemson. <clears throat> and I would love to take Clemson, but I have a feeling that's not going to happen. So I'm going with Kansas. And the other, in the other game, you got Syracuse. Duke Duke pulls away with that one. I'm sure Syracuse's 2-3 zone will give them fits. But Duke pulls away. So you got Duke and Kansas. So I like, you know, I like Duke. So you got Duke and uh, Villanova. And, of course, Nevada and Texas A&M. Isn't that a, well, isn't that a weird <laughs> setup? And can you imagine Nevada gets to the finals? How much of a softer coach Musselman will be? A huge one. I'm sure the Pac-12 will be all over him. For sure. So, obviously I'm going with A&M in this one. I mean, and of course, I'm going to go with, uh, for the finals, I'm going to have Villanova and Texas A&M. I mean, seriously, can you imagine this type of a final? And I'm sure, like the NCAA, a lot of people are cringing at this bracket because they're hoping actually they're hoping the actual power teams pull it off. Because obviously they're worried about TV ratings. You know, I think um, my belief is their, expe- their expectations are. Look at the bracket. They're hoping that probably they're probably banking on Kent, Kentucky or uh, Michigan on one side of the bracket gets in the finals because well A and M will still draw some viewers but not much is is what Michigan and uh, Kentucky will for basketball. I think Gonzaga will draw viewers too because Gonzaga has been good for so long, but. I'm sure, you know, they're just cringing trying to sell this this tournament. And, of course, on the other side of the bracket, they're probably hoping for Duke or, Duke or Kansas or even Villanova. But that's the thing. If you look at this bracket on both sides and all these games, there's really no clear-cut winner. Any, none, of these, none of these games have a clear-cut winner. They can go either way, and that's the crazy part about this whole thing. So no, it's like no bet is safe, no pick is safe. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I may be with what I pick, I may be totally wrong with it. But then again, I don't get paid to do any of this, so which is probably a good thing. 
Because if, uh, if I give any type of bracket advice to, to you guys, good lord, you'd all be broke. And good thing I offered a paper. Pay, pay, good thing I wasn't so cocky as to, as to say I would pay for your brackets. You know, if you lost. Because, boy, my income tax return would be, would be gone in a minute. But, yeah, I mean, if you look at this bracket and all these matchups, I mean, there's no clear-cut winner on any, any of them. So it's like, it's like you look at this, it's like you're taking pick one anyone because any team can show up. I mean, you can be analytical as, as, as you want in the tournament. You can analyze Ken Palm. It doesn't matter. It's just that given day what happens. Anything can happen in that given day. But anyways, the games are tonight. And, you know, I'm going to check Twitter to see if there's any updates. Maybe Pitt, is already, maybe Pitt already has an interview out. No, nothing good. Just a bunch of uh, same old stuff. To talk about man, you know, who they would hire, who they would interview. And of course, you got the occasional tweet from a national host saying that Pitt did not appreciate Jimmy Nixon, which is total bullshit because Pitt did. They were Jimmy. Jimmy was paid very well at Pitt. I mean, he was the cash cow. So people need to stop with this whole. Jimmy wasn't appreciated. He was paid well, and any time he got an extension, he got one. So they gave him plenty of money. It just when things when it got tough, it just it was time to go. <clears throat> you know, part of that's on him, part of that's on Scott Barnes. But like I've said before, I knew that I knew that marriage between those two would not work. That you know, when you have when you have pretty much are accustomed to doing what you want, which is what Jamie was doing. He was pretty much running that program. And you get a quote-unquote new boss who wants some input in the in the basketball program. And he wants his you know, employee because Jamie was his employee. What's him to do? Obviously, that person who's been accustomed to doing these things all these years isn't going to like it. It says, hey, you know what? I'm out. And he was probably out the day... The minute Nordenberg and Peterson were gone, that's when Jamie pretty much was was probably out. And I've said that before. That's when he probably really started to... Really, really started to consider leaving because the people he the you know 
he worked so well with, and they let him they let him do what he wanted. They were gone, and so we get a new boss in. They're gonna want to do things their way, and you either adapt or you don't. And Jamie decided just to go. It's just it's that's just the reality of it. So that's when pretty much it all started. Plus, you got know, you got also factor football was probably an issue as well because football became a big primary focus of Pitt once they joined the ECC, and that's when you know Gallagher, you know, wanted to bring in a big coach, and Arduzzi came in, and Pitt was getting all you know football was getting a lot more attention from people than basketball at that point. So, whereas you know beforehand. Basketball was getting all the attention. It was the crown jewel. But somehow, like I said, it got lost along the way. But anyways, guys, the games are tonight. Enjoy them. Enjoy the rest of your week. Hell to pit.